even on a day like today, Chris, where the Steelers <laughs> pick up a win the first of the season, yeah, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like Festivus for my Seinfeld fans out there. Oh, boy. It's a joyous, momentous occasion, <laughs> but there are still plenty of grievances to air out. Oh, Good yeah. afternoon, everybody. On a Victory Tuesday for you, this is the Southside Beat, of course, streaming live from 3 to 6 Eastern, 3 to 6, 3 to 3.30. I'm thinking of previous shows. 3 to 3.30 Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports every Monday through Friday. My name is Corey Christen. Joining me is Chris Halleck. I know what you all want to do. You all want to get fat and sassy and spoiled, as Mike Tomlin put it today. Oh. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. And let me tell you why. The Pittsburgh Steelers won the football game. Okay? They did. But it's what we talked about yesterday. A win, a win is a win. Doesn't matter if it's ugly or if it's pretty. A win is a win. The Steelers won the football game 26-22. It was not a uh, pretty affair by any stretch. But that being said, the Steelers won the football game, and I'm going to start positive, Chris. Yeah. And for me, the big takeaway that is positive from this football game is that last night was the national coming out party of Alex Highsmith. And this is beyond just saying that he is the Robin to TJ Watts Batman, so to speak. National television, Monday night football, AFC North ball. What does Alex Highsmith do? He's not only the best player on the field from minute one to minute 60, but he makes the two biggest plays of the game. The first play with the pick six where he gets it off of Minka's tip. And the second biggest play of the game was the forced fumble of Deshaun Watson that TJ Watt ran back for the go-ahead game-winning score. Last night was the coming-out party of Alex Highsmith. Five tackles, two assists, one sack, one interception in the forced fumble. He was everywhere in that backfield. He was consistently at Deshaun Watson's back, and and we need to start with talking about that pass rush. Of course, T.J. Watt breaking the all-time sack record in Steelers history, getting the score, but last night for me, in the positive sense, the Steelers won the football game, and the most positive takeaway from a positive thing was Alex Highsmith for me all night long. Uh, to me, it was just the fact that the defense looked like a defense again. Uh, obviously, there were, you know, issues, you know, the, the the run defense, the containment and run defense was not the best. Obviously, the really, really long touchdown run uh, after Nick Chubb was out of the game uh, was pretty alarming. But overall, yeah, just the defense being able to to make plays, to take the ball away, to get in the backfield, to be disruptive. Um they were able to do that. And they, it, the one thing that I really enjoyed seeing not not that I enjoyed anything about Nick Chubb's injury, because that was awful. Just right. We're going to get to that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to get to that. But in terms of what's happening on the football field, not in terms of it's an injury, it's, you know, whatever. So please don't let that be taken out of context. Sure. Um, the Steelers were like, they were like, sharks smelling blood in the water at that point they were like we're going to keep our foot on the gas we're going to make them like now they are going to be more inclined to want to have deshaun watson be the difference maker and that's exactly what the browns did and the steelers made sure to keep their foot on the gas and made him uncomfortable that's what i liked seeing i liked seeing that schematics even changed about i wouldn't change but they they altered once nick chubb got out of the game Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit too much, maybe, and then maybe that's why um, they, you know, allowed that really, really long touchdown run. But overall, 
that's what I really liked seeing from the defense. And I said it, that if the Steelers were going to win, if they were going to score, I predicted 23-21 final score. The defense was going to probably have to be contribute contributors on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. I didn't think two touchdowns was going to be what, what, what they provided, but mm-hmm. uh, it was good to see the defense just be look reminiscent of what the defense looks like when TJ Watt is going. And then obviously when you add Alex Highsmith into the fold, it was dominant. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to say the whole defense, like I'm seeing comments and of course m- the majority of them are about Matt Canada and, Trust me, yeah. we'll get no, to that. No, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, of course. <laughs> and the, um, the, the, the fat sassy and, um, you know, all that. But the defense was not in a totality sense all there. Levi Wallace no. was heavily targeted and gave yeah. up a lot of plays. Um, Joey yeah. Porter Jr. played more. There's a positive. In fact, he played double the snaps, amount of snaps. Yeah. Yeah. He played double the amount of snaps this week as he did last week. Yeah. Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, that inside linebackers group was much better. Holcomb much looked better. really good. Now Holcomb I know, had a good game. again, it goes back to Nick Chubb being hurt. And by the way, Jerome Ford had 100 yards on eight touches yeah. combined receiving rushing. So it's not like, you know, when Chubb was out, the Browns completely abandoned the run game and just said, screw it, we're going to let Deshaun let it fly. That's not what happened. They stuck to their guns. They kept pounding the rock with Ford. And then they discovered Levi Wallace can't cover a, a, a bed with a sheet. So they're going <laughs> to throw it his way. So they're yeah. going to throw it his way. And Amari Cooper exposed them. After that game, I went to Tomlin and Pickett and TJ in the press conference room, which, as you know, Chris, takes a while, right? It takes, yeah. what, relatively a half an hour or so? Yeah, when you can. Ma- can yeah, when, yeah, it's not just the talking time, but it's the waiting periods in between all of them, especially waiting for Tomlin. At minimum a half an hour. Yeah. I walked into the locker room, which was mostly empty mm-hmm. right after that. Levi Wallace was still sitting in his stall, just kind of decompressing, chilling. So not only does he know he didn't play well, because believe me, players know if they played well or not. Not only does he know he did not play well, but he looked gassed. He looked tired. You can tell the Browns had it out for him in that game. By the way, Pat P didn't start off with the best game either. And credit where it's due, Joey Porter Jr. was able to shut down the final route was yeah. it pass interference? Probably not. Not really a catchable football. But they found ways to make plays in the back end is the point. But I wanted to start positive. Yeah. I wanted to highlight Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, the two best players on the field across 60 minutes in that game yesterday. Um, just really quick before we transition to the to the offense, um, I just have to get this out of the way. Uh, Aquatic Life says, yeah, mm-hmm. Gunner, what the hell? This is a special teams question by this point. Well, yes, but I'm just going to go back to what I talked about before the season started, that whenever we're talking about Gunnar Olszewski, it was the same thing last year. He looked good in training camp. He looked good in the preseason. You're thinking this could be a nice little piece of the offense slash special teams, and then just did not happen in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Uh, First time he touches the ball this season. He saves a kick from going out of bounds. Instead of getting the ball at the 40-yard line, they get the ball at their own nine. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just, for somebody. Inexcusable. The word's inexcusable. Especially for somebody who was an all-pro as a returner, who's been an all-pro. Like, there's just, like, I I don't know. At this point. You can't make that play. You can't do it. At this point, it's, it's just. There's no reason he should he should be last on the depth chart now. Like for real, uh, to me, just because 
it, you know, and this is going to be a theme of today because Mike Tomlin wants to say two is a pattern. Okay. Two was a pattern last year with Gunner. Okay. So now we're going year one into year two with him. And the first time he touches the ball, it's that. And the second time he touches the ball, he gets absolutely lit up. It's not entirely his fault, but he gets absolutely lit up, coughs it up. And then he gets concussed. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I've seen all I need to see with Gunner. I've just, that, that's, that's all I've got to say with that. Okay. We started positive. We went nope. eight minutes and 34 seconds going positive on this. And, and honestly, no, they deserve, like I said, you know, like I said yesterday, an ugly win is still a win, especially when you're playing in the division. It, mm-hmm. it really does not matter at the end of the day. They put up 26 points. I don't care if the defense contributed 14. It was, it was a, it was a win. A okay. win is a win. Okay. We are nine minutes into this program. We did our best. We did what we had to. <laughs> They won the football game. We start positive, right? Okay. I am going to fast forward to Mike Tomlin's press conference at about 12.02 Eastern Daylight Time on the south side today. Mm -hmm. And in his opening statement, I'm going to quote him directly because I transcribed it just for us, okay? Hmm. In his opening statement, unprovoked, not questioned specifically about anything, This is what Mike Tomlin had to say about his offense. And I quote, we have to get our mojo back. We have to get that mojo that we had in the preseason where we were playing fast and fluid with confidence individually and collectively. We lost that to be blunt in the last several weeks. We're not getting the type of fluidity that we want in our starts. We're not teeing up possession down play, not being an advantageous possession down circumstances and really making it challenging to sustain drives and score points. Then he continues, we're not going to have knee-jerk reactions in terms of trying to make wholesale changes in an effort to try and change that outcome, but we do acknowledge that two is a pattern. We've had two outings that are not up to snuff in that regard. It has our attention as we're preparing for this next one. End quote. There's more to that, but I will stop there because that is what needed to be heard. And now the questions are there. Obviously the chants were there, right? The fire Canada and Mike Tomlin played that off beautifully by saying, we don't want to begrudge the fans for how they feel. We want them to be, and this is an all timer in my opinion, fat and sassy and spoiled. It is our job. (laughs) That needs to be, you know, like live, laugh, love. You see on the signs and the t-shirts and the towels and like all the home decor. Put fat, sassy, and spoiled in like really nice cursive <laughs> font, and I will wear that T-shirt. Um, yeah. All right, Chris, you heard it. The the comments are flowing in. Yeah, give your thoughts. <laughs> it's just it's. Listen, this was another game in which it's not just one guy. Uh, it's not just there. There are a lot of faults when it comes to the offense. Uh, Kenny Pickett is, is one of them. Uh, Kenny did not play good. Um, he had a few nice throws. Um, I'll even say like it. Yes. George Pickens was wide open on the, on the 71 yard touchdown. Uh, but he did a really nice job of, uh, looking off Del Pitt to open up that throwing lane even more, uh, or throwing window even more. So I, and really good play by Kenny there. I think about the throw that Kenny made to Calvin Austin, uh, down the sideline, uh, in really tight coverage Threw a rocket, put it right where it needed to go. He had a couple of really, really good throws still missed way too many 
layups. I mean, like these are throws that NFL quarterbacks, not even franchise quarterbacks, NFL quarterbacks have to make. Yet he's just missing. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 interception was abysmal. You can't. You have to understand what's going on with coverage there. You cannot do that. You just can't. Uh, Kenny did not have a good game. So I, I think he was a little bit better. I don't quite pro football focus. I don't know what they're smoking over there, but their Woo-hoo-hoo! grades are all, their grades, grades are all over the place today, baby. They were all over the place. Now they gave Kenny a worse grade than they gave him in week one. And I don't even know if I agree with that. Cause I feel like Kenny did a little bit more in this game. It was still a bad performance, but I don't feel like he was as bad last night as he was in week one. I just don't. Um, yeah, it, but then again, when it comes to the, the Matt Canada problem, like, listen, this is somebody. Somebody said it, and, and, I, and I wanted to, and I wanted to to make sure that it's uh, put out. Yeah, B. Phil says this. It isn't about one game; it's about the season. And yes, like one that's in response to. I, I think that's in response to like, oh yeah, they got to win. Well, yeah, but at this point, you need wins, you know, especially against division opponents or within the conference. And yeah. It is about the season. There are still 15 more games to go, and this offense is showing no... They're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a first down in the entire first quarter. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. That's a bit of a problem, That's not like, oh, man, we're having a tough time getting out of the gate. It's like, no, we cannot move the ball on first down. We can't move the ball on second down. I don't even know what it was off the top of my head, but they're third and... At, like average distance on third down had to have been around nine yards. It mm-hmm. had to have been. It was awful. And this is just another problem with this offense that they're not trying to get first down on first down and second down. They're trying to make third down as manageable as possible as a way, as a means to move the chains. That's mm-hmm. just awful coaching. That's just, it's awful scheming. It's, it's just, it's terrible. I could go on and on. I don't want to steal the entire show, man. Here's your fun it's fact bad. of the day. Here's your it's fun. Bad. Here's your fun Corey certified research fact of the day. You ready? Uh, right. Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh, is 112th out of 130 in football bowl subdivision in total offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 31st out of 32nd in the NFL in total offense. Something's in the water on the south side. I don't know what it is about these offensive coordinators, <laughs> but nobody likes to score in Pittsburgh. Apparently, okay. Listen. Yeah. At some point, I don't know when it's going to be. I don't think it's midseason. I don't think it's the bye week. I don't think it happens until the offseason at minimum. The Steelers are going to have to make a decision, and that being Omar Khan and the powers that be up, up above. And that decision is going to have to be Matt Canada or Kenny Pickett. And the answer is going to be Kenny Pickett, meaning well, that's the guy you keep me. around. Yeah. That's the guy you keep and build with, and you find an offensive coordinator that believes in the forward pass, that believes in running <laughs> from north to south, that believes in putting a productive, usable, workable, sustainable offense on the football field on the Sundays and some Mondays and some Saturdays and some Thursdays. This can't persist. It just can't. This is a non-sustainable, non-functioning product that is going on a road to nowhere. If the Steelers have a puncher's chance, if they have a snowball's chance in the hottest corner of hell to reach the postseason, Matt Canada's not going to take them there. It's just that simple. T.J. Watt is not going to scoop and score every game. Alex Highsmith is not going to run a pick six back every game. The defense is not going to score two touchdowns every game. This was a bailout day day by the defense. 
Matt Canada got bailed out and booed in his own building by his own fans. And that is troublesome. On yeah. game two, when last year we were talking about the same stuff. And I fear, Chris, listen, Yeah. if I sound like I'm at my breaking point, I'm not. I'm not. Because guess what? This is going to happen for 15 more games this season. <laughs> and yeah. I will say by about week five, we are going to be saying the same exact thing that we are saying today, that we said last week, that we will say next week, because it's not going to improve by this point. It's yeah. just not. Eat it. Accept it. This is what it is. Najee's going to take toss sweeps on second and long. You're going to have Kenny Pickett running the triple option on third and one. This is what you get. By this point, it's unchangeable. They're not going to conform. They had a whole offseason to do it, and it's not going to happen this year. So I'm sorry. I wish I had better news to report. This is what it's going to be this year, one way or another, and rant go i wish i wish i could say i wish i could say that that third and one was an actual triple option i can't even give you what kind of an option that was like i i went back and i watched it and i watched in slow motion i watched what all 11 guys were doing now to be fair whatever was called it was horribly executed there were there were three offensive linemen that were pushed backward and that that was a problem just about all night um but Kenny did not sell a handoff whatsoever. He like barely put the ball in front to Najee and then just kept it. There was no selling that whatsoever. And I think he just automatically assumed that the edge rusher was going to get Najee and it just didn't happen. And so he didn't sell that. And then even if he reads that edge guy correctly, you're asking Darnell Washington to come all the way across the line and get to the second level linebacker in enough time before he gets to Kenny, if Kenny's running forward. Barbara wants the the wishbone against the Raiders. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? It's poorly executed. It's poorly designed. It was just bad all around. It was a stinker. It was was the worst thing I've seen in a long time on a football field. Um, It was was just – it was bad. Um, But – I want to say something positive. I – I'm – Dying. Jalen Warren looked good. Jalen Warren looked good. Jalen Warren looked good. There's your positive. Jalen yeah. Warren looked good. There's the positive from the offense. But even then, I don't know what was... else to say. I genuinely, George Pickens, like the picket to pick. George Pickens was is amazing. A dude. George, George Pickens, Pickens is, a dude. is a dude, and he yeah. makes those plays happen. That's he all was, I can say and, was and, and there was there was something yesterday saying somebody who said yesterday on the show that the George Pickens can't get separation. Like he was he was open. A he was lot. wide ass open. He on was a wide lot of open. Plays. A that lot touchdown was a thing of beauty. That was a yak. Masterclass. There was there was even another play, though, and they ran it twice, not back to back, but really, really close together. And it was essentially you're picking a side of what you're what the de- based off of what the defense is doing. And on the first time, Kenny was dead set on, I'm going to hit Najee in the flat based on what the defense is showing. And what he didn't see is because he obviously read the defense wrong, is that if he looked to the other side and saw how the defense played out, George Pickens was wide open on a slant. There could have been another touchdown the same way that happened. It's the same play that Pickett missed Deontay on in the 49ers game. Yes, but they, but well, no, it was a little bit of a different play. Same was, concept. It, yeah, yeah, t- yeah, a little bit. It was, it was a little bit different, but, um, 
But then they ran the same play again, I think two or three plays. I can't remember exactly how far apart they were, but they were close together. And this time, Kenny saw the defense, knew it was going to be exactly what it was the last time, and tried to hit Pickens on that, and he just flat out missed it. And so that's where, okay, that's where it's not all on Matt Canada. Matt Canada saw what the defense was showing. He goes, if they show this again, we're going to call this again. If they show you the same defense, hit Pickens, hit George. George is open. Hit him. And Throw to 14. Ha- Even had with 14 cover, he's open. Had it, but didn't hit him. And so that's also on Kenny. So it's not just a Canada issue. Canada is the bigger issue, bigger picture issue. Because the problem there is, is that the offense has a ceiling. It can't go past this because they're handcuffed by the, by the concepts that are called, by the lack of imagination, by the lack of creativity. Um and then when you go in the fact that everybody is just not executing, like nobody, the offensive line is looked, I'm, they've looked really bad in, in the first two games. Like Jalen looked good. Jalen Warren ran the football effectively. He had a few. For what he was given. He, yeah. For what he was given. He had a couple of nice runs. I'm going to quote Mike Tomlin because of course he was asked about the fans, the home fans chanting fire Canada in the fourth quarter. And <laughs> Rick, Rick said Man. it's like a hobbit ceiling. I can't. <laughs> Such oh, a good comment. Goodness. Okay. Direct quote from Mike Tomlin today, talking about the fans chanting fire Canada at Acrisure Stadium. The home fans want the offensive coordinator can. By the way, if the home fans know the name of the offensive coordinator, you know something's probably either really good or really bad. And yeah. I think in this case, I know which one it is. Quote from Mike Tomlin, and I quote, I appreciate their passion. I share their passion. We all do. We love our fans, man. They inspire us. They challenge us. It's an awesome relationship. We don't run from challenges. We run to challenges. This is a sport entertainment business. That's WWE, by the way. That's literally what they call themselves. (laughs) It is our job to win and thus entertain them. And so we don't begrudge them for that. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. It is our job. End quote. Then he was followed up and got asked, does he share that same concern when it comes to Matt Canada? And I quote, I don't share that concern because of my perspective. I'm part of the process. When you're a part of the process, it's less troublesome to you. End yeah. quote. Now, okay, this isn't the first time. This won't be the last time that Mike Tomlin publicly backs Matt Canada. It's not going to be. But no. everything, everybody has a breaking point. What is the Steelers' breaking point? How does this I, happen? Honestly, that's a that's a really good question. And Kane... Uh, brings this up says preseason saved Canada's job and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go bigger picture here I'm not even going to say preseason saved his job I'm going to say his contract saved his job his contract doesn't expire until after this season and I think that is the reason why Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator if he if his contract ended the Steelers give their coordinators three-year contracts so whenever he became the coordinator he signed a three-year contract Mm mm-hmm if his contract somehow was a two-year contract and expired at the end of last year, I firmly believe that Matt Canada would not have come back as offensive coordinator. Um, but since he was still under contract, the Steelers don't fire anybody. They just don't. They wait until contracts run out, and then if they don't like the performance, they let them go. Or they they, they just, I want to say let the, they let them go. They just, they move on. They mutually decide to move on. And I feel like that's what's going to happen here. And I feel like as as much as I respect the Steelers for not flapping in the wind like a lot of organizations do, for example, the team that they played last night, the Browns flap in the wind quite a bit. 
Yeah. They needed a quarterback. They're desperate for a quarterback. Let's give Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. That's flapping in the wind. Desperation pushes people to limits, man. It right. just does. That's I... life, sports, anything. By the way, John brings the most level-headed take I've heard in the last 20 hours. And, John, God bless you. The last two defenses we faced were legit. I think they're going to take a wait-and-see approach over the next few games. John, I love you, man. That is level-headed. <laughs> that is rational. That is spot-on in some ways. Yeah. But if this had been a pattern for the last two years, I yeah. would be more inclined to say, you know what? I'm there with you. It's just you're in the in this in this National Football League. You can't have an offense function like this, yeah, and expect to win football games. No, not, this, not no matter not how league. good the defense is, no matter how good. I'm, I'm using a slap bracelet that my girlfriend's niece gave me <laughs> as like a like a, you know, I'm holding on to it for dear life. I'm just waiting to see some form of imagination in life and the the jet sweeps have to go like the predictable shifts have to go like this stuff has to be reviewed seriously by the people inside of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex and I mean really take a look at this and say is this giving us our best chance to win and the answer is no if the Steelers yeah. defense doesn't score two touchdowns last night, it's no. It's a what, 22 to 12 or whatever it is, ball game. Like, it's just not there at all. Um, Randy asks, where did we find Matt Canada? Was he an elite offensive coordinator at Pitt? Uh, breaking news Matt Canada was not an uh, elite offensive coordinator at any of his college jobs, and he had several of them. Uh, he was at Pitt. He was at LSU. He was at, I, I can't even name all the colleges he went to. There's so many. Maryland. Um, uh, he's been, he's been at a lot of colleges and I believe Maryland. Yeah. At this I, stage, I, I'm just, I think my Maryland mind was way off. But, but no, it's just, he was, he's been to a lot of colleges and he wasn't that great. He wasn't that great of an offensive coordinator in college. So like why they thought he, he would, it would work in the NFL. And one of the, okay, here's the specific I can give you without getting too, you know, we're talking about all the pre-snap motion and everything. I, I'm still a firm believer here that the jet sweeps aren't as big of a problem as they think, as people think they are. The numbers backed it up last sure. year. So sure. everybody can yell at me and say, oh my God, Chris, you're wrong. Go look at my, at, at my breakdown that I wrote. The numbers back it up. I'm just saying that Matt Canada's offense, when it comes to all that pre-snap motion stuff, it's not done with a purpose. It's not done with an intention to manipulate the defense. It's not done with an intention to move uh, a cornerback from from uh, you know one side of the field to another, so you can open up something else, or you can move an off-ball linebacker over just a little bit so that he's on the so you can gain inside leverage or outside leverage. And it's nothing is done with that intention. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's let's see if they happen to fall for it. And if they do, great, the play works. And if they don't, well, guess what? You're screwed. And like what we saw in that third and one play happen last night happened. George Pickens is moving in motion, and there's no intention behind it other than, hey, let's bring somebody else into the box too. It makes no sense. It's all smoke and mirrors with no intention. That is at its core the main problem with Matt Canada's offense. Okay. Off Two and, and a half minutes now. left. I'm done. Two and a half minutes left. Let's – Chill, okay? The Steelers are one and one. They are one game back in the AFC North. 
They yep. play the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. A very winnable matchup. A very winnable matchup. Let's get back. We started the show positive. Festivus, remember, started the show positive. <laughs> it's a joyous occasion, but we had to air the grievances. We aired the grievances. I don't have the poll. I wish I had the poll behind me. Seinfeld, greatest sitcom of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> now we go back to positive with about two minutes to go. Okay. One and one. One game back in the AFC North of the Ravens. With the Ravens coming up in a few weeks, by the way. Immediate chance at the AFC yeah. North leader as of right now. The Bengals look terrible. The Browns just lost their best player for the season. Hope Nick Chubb is okay. I oh, mean, yeah. That, that was like, bad. For that the, was really bad. For the best running back in football, for something like that happened again, awful. Just, I mean, I can't put it in words. And the thing is, Mike Tomlin probably respects Nick Chubb the most of any opposing player. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's I mean, hyperbole ca- to say. No, he called him Mr. Chubb in his press conference. The whole last building week. does. TJ yeah. Watt called him Mr. Chubb. Yeah. The whole building does. And yeah. it's it's awful what happened to Nick Chubb. And you don't want to see it to any superstar or anybody, really, for that matter. Yeah. In the NFL. But from a Steelers perspective, things are trending up in some ways. There's still things to clean up. This team is far from perfect. This team will be far from perfect a week from now, two weeks from now, however many weeks from now. And this is the ride we are on as of right now. Yeah. So enjoy a win. Yeah. We'll come back and we'll start preparing for the Raiders. Do you have any, uh, a lot you, more to talk about? Do you have a final take before, uh, before we, uh, it's okay if we go a couple minutes over. My final take is to make sure you listen to DK and Ramon on the Ramon Foster show at four. Ramon Eastern. was going off on Twitter last night, man. Ramon had a field day with Ramon the Browns, is. You guys need to turn, tune into the Ramon Foster show today. Uh, the, the, my, if you want to give me a final take, the TJ Watt, Miles Garrett discourse is dead. Watch the tape. Watch yeah. the game. Watch who don't listen what. to pro football focus either. <laughs> Watch who impacts what pro football focus. Always grain of salt. Always grain of salt. Um, with their grades. Yes. Sure. Their stats are good. Their stats that, are good. Their that, grades are That discourse is absolutely 100% dead in the water after what yeah. I saw last night. No, that's good. That's a good take. Uh, I'm my final thing. And I, I won't go long on this, but it was just picking up where, 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 what I was saying earlier. I, I applaud the Steelers for being one of the franchises that have a, that truly like value stability and loyalty. The problem is, is that they can almost be a little bit too loyal at times. And I think when it when you obviously see that there is a major problem, it needs to be eradicated. And I get it. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to just throw somebody under the bus and and flat and again flap in the wind, but. Two years of Matt Canada with two different quarterbacks, well, really three different quarterbacks, was enough. You didn't need to see any more. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I'm. This is the bed that you made, and now you have to, now you have to lay in it. And nothing's changed so far. Now we're two games in. They're about to play two lesser opponents. If the offense all of a sudden looks like a juggernaut the next couple of weeks, then maybe it was just, hey, the 49ers and Browns defenses are that good. I don't think so. I think if the if the offense continues to struggle and continues to be anemic the next two weeks against two lesser opponents, it's going to be a really long season, and then I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This offense has to do something, and I just hope that whatever is happening this season is a lesson that the Steelers can learn 
about how they manage their franchise moving forward when it comes to ultimate performance. Because as loyal as you want to be to people, when it comes to the Steelers, the ultimate loyalty should be to winning. And if Matt Canada's mm-hmm. offense can't help you get there, it needs to change. Mm-hmm. Let's go one more topic over. Why not? Feeling generous today. And I have time. And you have time. So, real have quick. a few minutes, yeah. Real quick. Do you think Omar Khan and the powers that be are taking the Fire Canada chance in any serious light no. by this stage? I don't no, think so either. This, no, this is this is again the, the Steelers don't flap in the wind here. They're they're not going to listen to their fans and be like, oh well, maybe we should. Like no, like listen, they they had an opportunity to sit down and read because I don't care about the seven and two finish. They saw what that offense looked like during two and six at the beginning of last year. It was bad. It was really bad. And even during that seven and two, that offense still had a ceiling. It was better. They could run the football, but they could only get here. Kenny Pickett still doesn't have a game in which he's throwing more than one touchdown. Yeah. Like there is still major problems with the offense, even whenever they were better last year. This is not like, it wasn't like, oh, they figured it out last year. This is how this team's going to not just make it to the playoffs, but win a Super Bowl. Like, no, you have to be able to be a threat. No, they're they're no, they're not they're they don't flap in the wind on this kind of stuff. They're they're gonna ride this until the end of the season. I'll be shocked. I I I will come on here and and absolutely do everything I can to actually put my foot in my mouth if Matt Canada is fired midseason. Don't do that. It's not it's not going to happen. Don't no, I, I'm don't that literally conf- do it. I'm that confident that the Steelers will not fire Matt Canada in the middle of the season. I don't care how bad it gets. I'm they you just on that. won't. Pittsburgh Toddy says Matt Canada has a cocky attitude considering his actual abilities and results. I'm curious to know what tone Thursday's press conference is going to be. Yeah. We'll find out in about 48 hours or so yeah. on the South side. He was really assertive last week. And then they go out and do that. Mm-hmm. I'm very <laughs> curious to see what Matt Canada's demeanor is on a Thursday, but on this Tuesday, still technically a victory Tuesday for it those is. that are listening. Doesn't so sound like do it, but best to enjoy it. I mean, right. Yep. Please do your best to enjoy it. This is the, the embrace, the grind, the fun of the season. It's winning ugly in some cases. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened last night for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are on to Vegas for now. This has been the Southside beat. My name is Corey Christen. He is Chris Halleck. DK and Ramon in about 25 minutes for the Ramon Foster show. We will talk to you tomorrow on a Wednesday. Cheers, everybody.